Welcome to Full Blown Coverage, just another football podcast that two of Drew's friends listen to. I'm Mark Zare, and I'm joined each week by Andrew Irvin and Ken Menard. Guys, it's super to see you. It's a super week. We've got Super Bowl Sunday this weekend, which means it's time for a super special episode of FBC. It's our super special Super Bowl spectacular. Before we get to yeah. the super special stuff, let's start with our weekly roundup. Weekly roundup. The sun has officially set in the west for Jared Goff, but it will rise in the east where he will be under center in Detroit for the 2021 season as the Lions deal Matthew Stafford to the Rams in exchange for JTG and a multitude of draft picks including a third-round pick in 2021, a first-round pick in 2022, and another first-round pick in 2023. Goff says he was blindsided by the trade. Drew, was this because he was throwing ice cubes at the sun again? Oh, man. I don't know, but hashtag GTG should be trending in Detroit soon. Um, <laughs> JTG. Oh, did I screw up his hashtag? It was G- you said GTG. GTG. <laughs> yeah, JTG. Which sounds like a, like a K-pop group. Come on, Drew. <laughs> yeah, off my game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it. Maybe, uh, maybe Goff needed, you know, I was reading about his final conversation with uh, McVeigh and it ended pretty sourly. Like, yeah, he was a top pick. Um, he's always kind of been a golden boy. Maybe he needed some sort of like motivation. I'm not saying he's going to turn into Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or anything like that. I would rather have Matthew Stafford as my quarterback, but sometimes, sometimes guys need like an extra kick in the ass. Mm -hmm. He has the, he has the ability, but I don't think he's really ever had the mental uh, drive. So I don't know. I was thinking about it. Maybe he just needed some sort of motivation and maybe, uh, you know, you get dumped by your girlfriend and then you hit the gym, get a new job, like work harder. And, and maybe that's something he needs. I don't know. Then you date Shailene Woodley. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Not a bad move. Aaron Rodgers. Well, he is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, you know, I mean, I'll be the first person to tell you getting an opportunity to hit a re- the reset button on your life can oftentimes uh, be very beneficial for you, especially if you realize the mistakes you've made in the past. But, you know, uh, thinking about this, like, I mean, is anyone really surprised by this? Did, did anyone ever f- really feel like Jared Goff was the guy like that was going to like, win a bunch of Super Bowls. Yeah, he made it that one year, but I never really felt like he was the person that they were going to really rely on. Um, I just never really felt like he was good enough. I don't know. There was just something. Also, if you watched the, if you watched the games, even when the Rams were winning, like they were putting him in pretty easy situations to succeed. Yes. Well, I don't think it surprised anybody on this podcast, right? (laughs) Kind of on the uh, see later golf train for the last few weeks. Well, we talked about it. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The first time I, you know, I'm just going back to my notes here. I think it was two or three shows ago. His first 10 passes, pass attempts of the game, 73% completion percentage, 96.6 rating, 11 through 20, 55%, 68.1. He just wasn't making adjustments the way McVeigh had hoped or hoped he would progress into the guy, that guy, the guy, however you want to put it. Ben, that's been McVeigh's problem with him overall is that he doesn't adapt or evolve. Maybe he does in Detroit. I mean, he has come out and, and said he's excited to get a fresh start. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be somewhere he's wanted. There's something certainly to be said about if the environment feels toxic to you, it's sort of hard to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when you feel like everyone in the building is against you, it's kind of hard to succeed. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I will say just in terms of the trade, um, I don't think either team like lost this trade. It's hard to say mm-hmm. in, in real time. We'll know later. Um, but it, it did kind of prove to some, like the only team that lost this trade was really the Seahawks, which basically got the same thing back for Jamal Adams and the Rams just, the Rams were able to shed Jared Goff's contract and pick up those, you know, like they got a franchise quarterback out of it and then basically traded away the same thing that the Seahawks did for Jamal Adams. Like, I think it's an awesome trade for the Rams. Like, I kind of felt like this was a good trade for both of these teams. And the reason I say that is I think if you're, if you're a team that's competing, you know, consistently like the Rams are, it makes sense to me to trade what you have to trade to get the guy that you feel like is going to give you an opportunity in the next few years to make a run at the Super Bowl. And for a team like Detroit, that's been pretty bad for the last decade or two. I think it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I think it makes sense to give a, you know, to get some first round picks, give away your franchise quarterback Really, yeah, they, they they do trade down, in my opinion, for Goff a little bit, but his numbers actually overall aren't that terrible. He has a higher record, you know, winning percentage than Stafford does. Granted, Goff was on a team that had a better defense and, and you know, weapons. Um, and a better but, coach. And a better coach. But his career passer rating is slightly better than Stafford's as well. You know, Stafford destroys him and – in, in most of the other, you know, stat categories, but he's also 32 and played seven more seasons than Goff has. So if Goff can turn it around, this may wind up being a pretty good deal for, for the Lions. They make a play. They use those first-round picks in 2022 and 2023 to address some of their other issues. Might wind up not being that bad, but Rams with Stafford, I got to say – and we said this the other uh-huh. week, I think, on the podcast. Man, I, I think that team's scary. You put Stafford on a team that has a defense, can protect him, uh-huh. uh, you know, w- with the offensive line. I, man, sky's the limit. It's going to be fun year in the NFC West. Well, uh, just uh, well, a couple of things real quick. One, Drew, I actually disagree with you. I think the biggest loser in this trade are the Niners because now they have Jimmy Garoppolo, and where are they sending him? Who's going to want a guy who's not on the field? Like there's rumors about That's... them trade. Yeah. Them trading him for Kirk cousins. Well, Kirk cousins plays every week. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. And when he does, he's slightly better than average. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the Niners really lost big, um, not getting Stafford. Number two, uh, lions trade. It gives, it gives the lions two years to be competitive while they rebuild and use those draft picks. Like, Goff, Goff likely won't win you a Super Bowl, though he has gotten to one. But Goff can get you to eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe ten and six, sneak you in the playoffs. Yeah. Like the Lions, the Lions have some players on that team, and maybe a, a different culture. Everybody will be able to thrive. Goff is good enough to give them the momentum to mm-hmm. become a team that then can address the issue in two years yes. and get an even better quarterback. Exactly. But the thing about Stafford is, I mean, you're talking about a guy who can make every single throw on the field. He plays hurt. Um, you know, the players in the league think very highly of him. Um, you know, from, from all the, the tape breakdown from the experts, they think he's great. They just think that there is, at the end of the day, his franchise let him down. Now, does his winning percentage reflect that? Was he raising the performance of everyone around him? 
Probably not, but he also doesn't play defense. So that's also a problem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, the Lions, the Lions couldn't win with Barry Sanders. They couldn't win with Calvin Johnson. And they actually did better than they did with those guys with Matthew Stafford. I mean, granted, he was with Calvin Johnson for a little while. So, I mean, when you talk about a reset button, you know, maybe I think that Stafford needed one just as much as Goff did. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree. I think they both won. I I'm not trying to be down on the on the Lions. I think the Rams get would get an A and the Lions would get a B to me. Like right. I it's hard in my opinion, I think they downgraded at quarterback a little bit. They did get a first round pick. Um I just would be curious what other offers were out there. Mm-hmm. Well, what's also interesting in although we've just said we thought this was a pretty decent trade for both teams um, and that it makes sense for the Rams to send the first round picks if they're going to make a play now, but they are in a serious first round drought, which they've now extended through 2023. They haven't had a first round pick since they selected golf in 2016. Now they won't have one till 2024. Do you think this puts them in a compromising situation in the next couple of years? I I think that, as them and the Seahawks really have proven there are other ways to get first round draft picks. Yeah. I mean, they have Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, they have, they have some players that were first round draft picks and um, I think they've just decided that that's their, that's their strategy. And there's other teams, there's other very successful teams that are also realizing that maybe the cost of an, a first round pick, especially from a successful team, that's going to be, between pick 25 and higher might be overblown. Like the the term first round pick to me is kind of stupid because uh, a top 10 pick is a lot different than a 28th overall pick. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, they, those teams like the Seahawks and the Rams, they, they're choosing a known commodity over something. They really have nothing, no clue what's going to happen. You're rolling the dice with every draft pick. You don't know. There may be skeletons in their closet. They may be a complete basket case once they get there and they may be hard to get along with all those type of things. You know, I'd much rather have Jamal Adams than the best safety come out of college. So obviously, yeah, like to Drew's point, some teams just build their teams better that way. The Patriots are like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Well, let's move on to the coaching Ferris wheel. The Eagles new head coach, Nick Sirianni held his introductory press conference last Friday in his finest press pajamas and without subtitles let's take a listen to this beautiful minds powerful message to a group of fans that never turn on their own next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team that we have a smart football team here and i know we have the the people in place to do that the first part of that the first part of being smart is knowing what to do we're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna have systems in place that are easier to learn all right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over, but we need to have systems in place and we will have systems in place to do so. Ken, you speak fluent gobbledygook. What the hell is he talking about? Well, you know, it really comes in handy to have young kids if you're going to be able to speak that type of language as fluently <laughs> as I can. But, um, hey, man, look, I- I'm all for second chances, but when it comes to something like this, 
That's a bad first impression to make, man. Uh, <laughs> I I couldn't even listen to the whole thing the first time I I know I, I listened to it because I was suffering from such severe secondhand embarrassment. And the second time I heard it, like I, I just couldn't believe like uh, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, how you butcher this? And I can't even talk. And now, you know, talking about this guy not be able to talk. That was just a, I mean, bad first impression. He, he better uh, better win because they don't have a very forgiving uh forgiving fan base there no and the you know the history of of coaches that have terrible introductory press conferences has not been very good adam gase comes to mind mm-hmm. right off the bat yeah um and i mean i you know you're gonna make a you're gonna make a system so simple to learn it'll be complicated to understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what well, I, I mean it's like we're gonna turn this team around 360 degrees <laughs> i also yeah. was like uh had like one of those like detective boards like trying to connect the dots because he said the first part of being smart is knowing what to do okay um and then he said we're gonna have an easy system which doesn't seem like you would think that that would require people being smart. Yeah. And then he said less talent or less thinking equals a talent takeover. And I'm like, none of those three things like apply to the next one. And that was all pretty much one sentence. No. Yeah. It's utter and complete nonsense. And you know, I look, I feel for the guy as mm-hmm. Somebody that has to do a bit of public speaking myself, I, I I know sometimes it can throw you off, but Jesus, it was odd like, too, but it that to like me was like kept... you didn't have something fucking prepared. Well, he did. Know? That's what I was just gonna say. Sorry to interrupt you. Like, if you watch the video, he's reading that. That's what's yeah. weird. Really? Yes. Oh man, that's way more concerning to me than <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's like <laughs> yeah. If that's the level of reading and writing this guy's at, I, you know. You know what's crazy about that IQ hire? His shoe size? Yeah, yeah. What's crazy about that hire is, like, I, I, I'm on ESPN.com and Pro Football Talk, like, every couple of hours. I didn't hear about that hire for, like, two I days. Know. And it's I'm weird. a fan, man. Like, we're NFL fans. Like, it was almost like somebody, like, whispered it to somebody, like, hey, we hired Sirianni. And everyone's like, no one cares. Don't, I don't tell know. anybody. Yeah, don't tell yeah. anyone. Don't tell. It's very don't odd. tell Philly, especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like both him. I feel like both him and David Cully, who we'll talk about in a little bit, were both like, I don't know, didn't get as much news as you might have thought they would have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was more who wasn't hired than who was in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Totally, hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, speaking of unusual introductory press conferences. Here's Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, breaking down his violent winning philosophy. This team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before. Before long, where are they going to be the last one standing? Drew, is this a man with a plan? And is that plan premeditated murder? I got to be honest. I actually love that shit. Like, <laughs> screw the pre-written like written things that all these coaches have and all the coach speak. Like, I don't know. 
I was like, not to bring it back to what I said previously about how he looks like an extra in a movie that should be in a chopper, but like, <laughs> you can't tell me you don't want that guy like trying to find Al Qaeda in Afghanistan right now. Yeah, you can totally see that guy giving Al Pacino's any given Sunday monologue in the locker room. I love him. Yeah. I don't know how good of a coach he's going to be, but I love him. I'm not yeah. going to rip on that speech. I thought it was awesome. Like, he looks like he ha- he looks like he has a maga hat and uh and a doomsday bunker in his backyard. That being know, said, man. that being said, those types of football coaches don't seem to really work out in the NFL. Mm-mm. No, they're fun for press conferences, but they too uh, much. Yeah, it doesn't seem to translate as much on the field. That's for sure. Well, he did work for Sean, Sean Payton, so that I mean, there's got to yeah. be something said for that. He's absolutely yeah. learned. You can't like that's one of the biggest. Um, criticism is of John Gruden is his teams break down late in the year because he's just too hard on them. Like you have to understand that these guys have a lot of things going on and their bodies are beaten down and it all has, it has to do with your mental capacity to be able to fight through that too. And you have to give both of them a rest. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I agree. I agree. Like, I just don't think that, and he, he needs to be able to get past that press conference. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, you know, sure. like keys to the game. Yes, it's obvious. You have to rush the quarterback. But, yeah. like, he really needs to get Yes, I was auditioning that. for the Expendables 4. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And he, he needs – both of them, they just – you know, you just need to be able to get past that and do your job, you yeah. know? You could totally see him doing the the Liam Neeson taken monologue <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could easily be the dad – it's like way too ripped to be a dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's not just like suburb dads that look like you. I keep it you have is a very particular set of skills that makes yeah. me an Or you could be like you. I will kill or, you. Or there's Arnold Schwarzenegger from Commando if you want to go back to Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, those days. Drew, you know oh, what movie that is? Have you ever seen Commando? No. Oh, oh no. it's phenomenal. Have you really not seen Commando? No. Jeez, Alyssa Milano was in it. Mm. Yeah. I feel like these are seen, movies you would actually like. You've yeah. seen Who's the Boss? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Baby Boss? The Baby uh, Boss? I have boss oh. Baby? Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Boss <laughs> Baby. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. Uh, I've, had, I've seen it more than I'd like to. but <laughs> Well, you've got kids. Yeah, absolutely. In other coaching news, the Texans have hired David Culley, as we just talked about, as their new head coach, the former assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Coley claims he took the job knowing Deshaun Watson was the team's quarterback, but it was reported that Watson formally requested a trade the day before. Ken, when do we, when do we get to stop covering the Texans' Watson debacle? Um, probably never, to be honest with you. <laughs> no matter if, if Deshaun gets traded, they're going to talk about this trade forever. Yeah. Forever. It's like, um, you know... Uh, Jay Buner for Ken Phelps or, uh, you know, Lou Brock for Oni, Ernie Brolio, if you want to go back that far. If you guys know who Lou Brock is, Hall of Fame outfielder for the Cardinals. Mark doesn't anyway, know who Jay Buner or Ken yeah, Phelps. You know who Jay they, Buner is, actually. They both played for the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Only because so, they played for the Mariners. <laughs> there you go, yeah. But um, obviously this is more of a leadership hire because the guy's been in the league for almost 30 years. He's never held a coordinator, coordinator position. Um, but I mean, God, this is going to, they will rue the day that they let Deshaun Watson go. And if I'm the owner, 
I don't care. I'm doing whatever I have to do to keep them. That's crazy. If you if they let them go, what player is going to want to go there and play? Because if they let your best player, probably top four quarterbacks in the league, they let him go, what are they going to do to me? Mm-hmm. You know? You guys see what Brett Favre said about uh, Watson? No, what did he say? He said, uh, you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it and let the chips fall where they may. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then crawls back this into guy. his doomsday bunker in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Also, he, he didn't have any moving around. Yeah, exactly. No. Of all people to say that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. He retired like six times. I know. Hey, you guys want to you hear my Favre story while we're here? Of course. All right. So many years ago, if you recall, I think Drew's taking off his headphones and going to the bathroom right now. But many no, years well, ago, I thought, you're, I thought he was texting you pictures of his genitalia or something. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't very impressive. I could tell you, you know, that. one anyway. job can just do it. Well, so so many years ago, if you guys recall, there was a huge snowstorm in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, and it caved in the roof of the Metrodome. So they had to play a game at University of Minnesota Stadium. TD Ameritrade or whatever it is, outdoors. It was the first Vikings outdoor game since like 1980. Okay. Okay. So as I was mentioning, you know, last week when I was talking about Tom Brady, when we did the 30 for 30, um, (laughs) I, we would go to practice on the Saturday before the game. So we go to the Vikings facility and that was the year after they made it to the NFC championship game. And it was a complete and total debacle that year. Right. So I basically wanted to go to the meeting. I told our director, I'm like, hey, Chip, can I go to the meeting just to shake Adrian Peterson's hand? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I went in just to shake Adrian Peterson's hand because I heard all these like this most, it's like the most ridiculously violent, strong handshake you'll ever have in your life. And it was very damn well close to that. But anyway, we're waiting in the room. And all of a sudden- Adrian Peterson's handshake? Adrian Peterson's handshake. Is this yeah. the same hand that held the belt when he hit his chair? I, I believe it, they called, they referred to it as a, as a switch back then. Yeah. But anyway, Favre, <laughs> Favre had just gotten hurt like the week before pretty bad. Walks past the room, sees us sitting in there, like me, John Gruden, Mike Tirico, Michelle Tafoya, walks back in the room and he sits down at the head of the table and he goes, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not playing. I'm done. And uh, he's just like, that's it. My, he's like, I'm, it's over. I'm not coming back from this injury, whatever. So we're like, yeah, you're full of shit. Anyway, two days later, we're driving to the stadium, huge snowstorm and everything. Our director gets a phone call and he goes, no way. All right, great. Hangs up the phone. He's like, Favre's playing tonight. So Favre played for like a quarter. I think he threw a touchdown pass to Percy Harvin that Percy Harvin may have taken the distance and he got hammered on that play and that was the last time he took a snap and then he got on the train to Prague, and that was the last that was it (laughs) sorry to derail the show um uh that's a great story thank you for sharing it oh i'm full of them (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you are we know you are what are we talking about i'm sure i am that's all it's all i got mark i got nothing i know hey you gotta you got a rocking chair and a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> bad back. <laughs> L- LOL. <laughs> All right. It's time for our chalk talk. And this is the chalk talk of all chalk talks. It's Super Bowl 55. 
And the curse is officially broken. Tampa Bay will be the first home team to ever host a Super Bowl. But the NFL will limit attendance to 25,000 fans, including 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers. The remaining 30,000 seats will be filled by our favorite cardboard cutouts. Drew, does home field advantage matter in the lowest attended Super Bowl of all time? Or is this another classic case of pandemic? <laughs> By the way, I'm trademarking this term. <laughs> you definitely trademark that. Good idea. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. It's gonna uh, be a t- it's gonna be an FBC T-shirt. Uh, sure, oh, I want it. Um, I don't know. I feel like this has been a little bit of an overblown storyline. Um, I mean, the 49ers played at uh, Stanford Stadium, which is actually closer to San Francisco than their current stadium is. Um, Hilarious. Also, the Rams played at the Rose Bowl, and there was a Super Bowl record, 103,000 people there, and they lost. Yeah. Um, the Bucks also had a better regular season record on the road than at home, and they've also won three straight games on the road in the playoffs. So, I don't know. It would be a story if Kansas City was playing at home during a normal year. Like That would be a big deal, mm-hmm. but – I don't know. I don't really think this matters. I think I think there's something to be said for being able to sleep in your own bed, use your own team facilities that you're accustomed to um, stay with your uh, schedule in the same place. You know, athletes are creatures of habit. They don't have to do this routine routine somewhere else. Like what if you get lost on your way to the stadium? I don't know. You know, so they I mean, keep, are, they get to keep are, their routine. Are, are players driving themselves to the state? Well, well, I mean, maybe when for they practice. travel somewhere, are they know. printing out like MapQuest documents? Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, there's, exactly. there's the first signal that you're over the age of fifty. I mean, I think you're there's something. Yeah, MapQuest. If you're if you're printing out directions to anywhere, <laughs> yeah, you're in the right place. Um, yeah. so Welcome, I think sir. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think give that, us four thousand uh, dollars for your ticket <laughs> next to a cardboard cutout. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that uh, there's something to be said for that, just for comfort. Um, yeah. I actually, I think that will actually work in the Bucks' favor. Um, but yeah. even if it's on a neutral field, um, you know, we'll get into the our picks in a little bit. But I, think yeah, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you, but my own personal experience, and Ken can relate to this. I did a lot. I produced a lot of games and I know that's a lot different than football, but you have the same weekly routine where you travel on the road and you do a game and you stay in a hotel and you sleep like shit the night before and all that stuff. And then there were games where you would actually get to do in your home city, whether that be when I lived in Hartford or when I lived in Austin. And like the, the only real positive I took away from it was being at home like an hour after the game, like none of the lead, like once the game starts, like the shit's mm-hmm. the same Yeah, for me. Like I didn't feel different whether I was somewhere else or I, I just, I just think, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I agree. Would, would I rather be, would I rather be at home? Yes. Do I think it's like worth a, a big deal in the Super Bowl? No. Yeah. Well, I would sleep through anything. So, aren't the Chiefs complain. coming in on? Aren't the Chiefs coming in on Saturday too? It's a good question. I don't. I think know they're. That. I think they're. I think I heard they're coming in on Saturday. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, maybe it, maybe it won't make a difference. They should be used to traveling at this point and dealing with all this shit this season. But, um, I mean, I think there's something to be said for the comfort and not having to break that routine. Yeah. 
Well, discounting a Week 17 loss to the Chargers, which featured Kansas City's backups, the Chiefs' only real loss this year came against the Raiders in Week 5, who put up 40 points against the Chiefs' 32, although two of the Chiefs' touchdowns were taken off the board for penalty. As such, one might infer that to beat Kansas City, you have to score like Kansas City. Drew, can Brady score his age, or is this too tall of an order even for an immortal vampire? Hmm. I think Tampa can score Rob Gronkowski's age. Yeah. I don't think they can score um I mean they can, but I don't I don't Let think they can. Let me put it will. this way, can they score more than thirty? Um I think they can. Uh and I but I, I also think the blue exactly. I think what you just said, the blueprint for Tampa to win is to hold Kansas City under thirty, which means scoring thirty. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they could do that. Like, I think they have an obvious advantage on the defensive line. We'll get to our picks in a little bit. But um, I just don't think the blueprint for them beating Kansas City is, like, both of them scoring over 40 points. Uh, so – If it's a true I, slaying out, you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think – in my opinion, I don't think that's really really the way that they're going to win this game. They, could, they can win the game um, – on defense, winning the turnover battle and, you know, Tom Brady making some smart decisions, which we all know Tom Brady's not going to throw for 550 yards and five touchdowns. Like that's not going to happen. There's one quarterback on the field that can do that. They're going to win. They're going to win by making big plays, converting third downs. Um, So no, to answer your question, I don't think he's going to score his age, but I still think they can win without doing that. Ken, do you agree? Uh, yes, I, I actually I do. I think the Bucks have a decided advantage um, with their defense in this game, as good as Kansas City's offense is. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think they could definitely score thirty. You now, scoring forty three or whatever might be uh, a little too. Uh, they may need a couple of defensive touchdowns, mm. um, but I think they definitely can. All right. Well, we all know that Brady is in the hunt for his seventh ring, and that Mahomes would like to claim his second in a row. But Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, who was head coach of the 2007 Giants in a surprising Super Bowl 42 victory over a Pats team that was one win away from a perfect season, is seeking his third. Ken, you're a Giants fan. He's been Brady's kryptonite once before. Can a Spagnuolo-led defense lay waste to Tom Terrific in a second Super Bowl? Um, I'm going to go with no. Um, I think that what they did last time, I just don't think that the Chiefs have quite the personnel that the Giants had that year. The Giants had four to six pass rushers who could get to the quarterback, and they did. They brought a lot of pressure up the middle with double-A gap blitz. Basically, they zone blitzed and played cover two behind it and confused the hell out of Tom Brady. Now, I don't think you're going to be able to show Brady anything that he hasn't seen or anything that he won't be able to figure out at this point in his career. Um, I, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, the chiefs defense is good. It's mm-hmm. very good. It's not like they have a bad defense. It's good. It's not great. It good. Not great. Um, but I think it's, I think it, but I think it's better than people give really kind of give it credit for because yeah. they haven't been great at it in the past. So I feel like this year their defense is better, but I just don't think they have the personnel that the giants had. I mean, they had OCU Manura. They had Michael Strahan playing in his last game. One of the greatest defensive ends of all time they had Justin Tuck 
Um, you know, they had all these defensive linemen that they were ro- rotating in the whole time. Um, the guy who got the, a sack on the, the last drive, it was like the second or third to last play of the game. Um, I forgot what his name was, Jay something. He either went to Syracuse or Penn State. Um, he got a sack, and he was just a defensive tackle. Um, I just don't think they have the personnel. They had a lot of veterans on defense that year, Giants, like Patrick mm-hmm. Sertan. They and, did. They, uh, they, they had a vice grip yes, defense. That they year. did. That was they great, did. That was a great they, defense. Mm-hmm. Kavika, Mitch, Kavika Mitchell, um, Antonio Pierce, they had better personnel, and I just don't think the Chiefs' personnel is going to be good enough for especially for their receivers. Even though their secondary is good, I mean, those guys are really good. Let me ask you a follow-up question to this then. You know Spagnuolo loves to bring the heat. KC's is top 10 in blitz percentage. In their last matchup versus the Bucks, which is week 12, Chiefs brought pressure on almost half the snaps, and it largely worked. Chiefs won 27-24, but they were leading 27-10 in the fourth quarter, forcing two interceptions by Brady. Do you think Spagnolo does the same game plan here where they're going to blitz over 50% of the time, or is he going to mix this up a bit more? I think that uh, he'll, you know, what I think he's going to do is what he knows is going to hurt, is going to going to slow Tom Brady and their offense down. Um, but, you know, that being said, if they're going to blitz him, okay. They're, they're going to have – that means that their corners are going to have to play really good coverage on the outside and in the slot to be able to um, take away those short passes. So what does that mean? He could just dump it to Bronk, Gronk or Cameron Brait very easily, you know, quick, short passing game, and it wouldn't shock me if they came out being able to do that. Once they kind of figure out where the blitzes are coming from and figure out what they're trying to do, they'll probably go deep to Evans or, um, you know, or Godwin. Mm-hmm. But I think he's, he, he's going to go – with what he knows has worked against Tom Brady over the years. And a lot of it is just pressure up the middle. Tom doesn't want to get hit, you know, below the waist. A lot of those sacks will come that way um, or potentially. I, I just don't think uh, he knows that Tom doesn't want to face any, any pressure. So their yeah. line's going to have to hold up. Um, he's going to have to go to a quick passing game, I think. Um, but I think he's going to, he's going to try it again, but he's got to have a backup plan just in case it doesn't. Yeah. If you, if you don't stop Mike Evans, all right, you got to stop Mike Evans. Okay, you, okay. If you if you commit a lot more attention to Mike Evans, how are you going to stop Chris Godwin? If you commit too much attention to Chris Godwin, how are you going to stop Antonio Brown? If you can't stop those three guys, or if you figure out a way to do it, now you have two really good tight ends. One of which has been in this game several times, who knows exactly what to do uh, and what Tom Tom's going to need and all that type of stuff. They're on the same page. So if you can't stop those guys, now you got to stop two really good tight ends. Now, if you take away the passing game, you know, Bucks rushing rushing offense has been pretty damn good lately. You know, Leonard Fournette's a really good player. Uh, if Ronald Jones is going to play, which I, I think he is, he's really good too. I mean, I just think the Bucks have um, a lot of weapons that even everything out. Oh, well, I mean, two uh, years ago, field. two years ago, you read these receivers to to anybody drafting a fantasy team even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, this is an all-star, this is an yeah. all-star lineup. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Actually, Godwin, Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs secondary has an all-name team with Legarius, Bashad, and Charvarius. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and the Honey Badger. <laughs> yes, exactly. The Bucks defense arguably 
has even more at stake than the Chiefs, and getting pressure on Mahomes is most certainly a key for the Bucs to win this game. But the Chiefs only turned the ball over 16 times in the regular season, and they've given the ball away once in each playoff contest thus far. However, the Bucs are number six in the NFL this season in forcing turnovers, and the Chiefs' star left tackle Eric Fisher is out with a season-ending injury. Drew, will Kansas City be able to protect the ball without their big fish? Hmm. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good yeah. movie. It is a really great good movie. movie, actually. I feel like at my funeral, my daughter's going to be like, Drew doesn't exist. And then there he is at my funeral. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. We'll both be there. They'll be like, supposedly he did this podcast, <laughs> fictional <laughs> humans. <laughs> that nobody listened to. So no yeah. one even knows it happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want more breakdown other than that Big Fish is a good movie? I don't know. I, I actually, I can't tell you who's going to, I don't, I can't tell you who's going to um, win the battle of the lions, but I do think it's the biggest, uh, the most important matchup. Um, if, if Kansas city can somehow do that, this is the game. This is the way the bucks win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's the way the chiefs win. So I do yeah. think it's, a, I do think it's, the most important factor. Um, I have absolutely no insight into who Eric Fisher's backup is or if he's going to be able to stand up to the task. I do have some insight into the fat guy uh, touchdown prop later in the pod. Oh, yeah. We'll be getting I will, I'll, I'll just say this. Very I'll just say this. First. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. I need to do that, too. Um, I will say this, though. Andy Reid is a good enough coach to figure out how to overcome that on their offensive line, whether it's keeping an extra tight end in, or using their backs to block instead of having them, you know, flare out, you know, to dump it off um, as an outlet pass. Or just um, throw it to one of their track stars in yeah. less than a second. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could also do that too. But I mean, I think, I think that's going to be huge. I mean, especially since the Bucks have two really good pass rushers. Um, but also, you know, it, we'll see how it affects their running game because the Bucks are really good against the run too. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, a huge, huge injury for the Chiefs to be able to overcome. But like I said, Andy Reid could somehow or, uh, or another figure out a way to overcome it. I, I have faith in him to be able to do that. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. Picks. We'll start with prop bets. We'll move into game lines at the end of the podcast. But you guys have to, you have to listen to the whole thing to get our picks. That's how this is working. So on novelty props. Wait, can't they fast forward to them if they, they really want to know? You know what? They can. <laughs> Damn it. But I don't have any control over that. <laughs> okay. What I do have control over is the coin toss outcome. <laughs> <laughs> you guys think this is going to be heads or tails? Heads. Drew. I'm going, tail, I'm going tails because it never fails. But really quick, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tyreek Hill – challenge Scotty Miller to a race at halftime during the game. We should have Ooh. this as a, 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 every Super Bowl, like instead of halftime pregame to determine the coin toss. Like how yeah. fucking exciting would that be? That'd be, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. That's it's a whole other element. Shit. We don't have to hurt anybody. It doesn't need to be a hundred yards. Like let's just do a 30 yard, 40 yard sprint, full pads. Yeah. Winner gets to choose. It works hey, great like for it. the Seahawks because DK Metcalf will win that every every day. Oh, Tyreek Hill is pretty fast, man. He is. That's true. 
But that would be the ultimate matchup. DK versus Tyreek. DK versus Tyreek. Yeah. Let's see it. We're calling it now. Asking, requesting. Also, how funny would it be if Tyreek Hill like tore his hamstring before the game <laughs> That's probably why they don't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's never gonna happen. That's that's a good point. What about player to correctly call opening kickoff coin toss? Think this happens or it doesn't happen? No. Yes. <laughs> well, that's because you chose I love, I love chose the parody tails, we have here. Tails, tails, which yeah. For the most part, never fails. Never so I had to guy, go no. So someone's going to go tails. And I had to go yes. So right. it's either yeah, we're either both going to be right or makes both going to be wrong. Both be wrong. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I have to say, I love, and we're only covering like a fraction of these novelty props, but I love how many of these there are. It's amazing. To, 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 to add to the coin toss, what about to win the coin toss in the game? Bucks or Chiefs? Yes or no? How's that a yes or no question? Because either the Bucks win the coin toss in the game or the Chiefs win the coin toss in the game. Somebody has the coin toss. I'm going Bucks no. <laughs> Wait, this is a weird question, but who's the home team? Well, technically, it's the Chiefs. Yeah, technically. But, I it's, mean, but technically, it's being played in Tampa Bay, so it is I, their I, home. I, I understand, but I think the away team probably gets to call the heads or tails. Yes. I love how they like ex- they explain the coin. The Super Bowl commemorative asshole side is heads. <laughs> and this old Joe Namath jersey is tails. I have a question. Why don't they why don't they just put each team on either side of the coin? Wouldn't that make things easier? That's a good point as well. Drew, maybe you should handle the whole coin toss operation from yeah. now on. <laughs> Drew can be the uh, director of coin toss operations. Co- coin toss well. producer. <laughs> and for this segment, we bring in our coin toss producer, Andrew Irvin from San Diego. All right. <laughs> before we go back to goofy novelty props, what do we think about touchdown score? First touchdown made by who? And this is, we're not talking about Mahomes or Brady here. We're talking about receiver or running back. You can't, I can't, I was going to choose Brady as a court with a quarterback sneak. Oh, you could. Yeah. You I, can, I think you can pick a quarterback as long as it's not a, you can choose a quarterback as long yeah. as it's not a passing yeah. touchdown. I'm going, I'm going with Tom quarterback sneak. That's plus 3,500. That'd be hmm. a, that would be a big hit. What do you think? I think, just keep on I think the Bucs are going to score first. Um, I'm going Mike Evans. Plus 900. Like that bet. Like that bet. Little fade. All right. Back to goofy novelty props. First Gatorade color dumped on the winning coach. You can choose from orange, red, yellow, green, lime is one. Clear water is one. Blue, purple, or none. Okay. I, got, I actually did some research into this one. Yeah. So when the Chiefs won last year, it was orange. Here's yeah. my thought. Pro- here's my thought process here. If you win the Super Bowl, why would you change up your Gatorade? Like you're probably going to stick with the same Gatorade. So if you think the Chiefs are going to win, they're probably going the same Gatorade color as they went last year, which uh, you said is plus one twenty five, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs money line is minus one sixty seven. So if I- if I'm betting on the Chiefs, I'd just in the money line that is. You're just betting on orange because it's basically betting on them to win. Exactly. I'm taking orange Gatorade plus 125. 
Also, just one funny side note. <laughs> they had like the last 20 Gatorade colors in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then at the bottom, it had that like disclaimer that says like, if you have a gambling problem, uh, call 1-800-ADDICT. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, it should just say, if you're reading this article, you have a gambling problem. <laughs> problem. Yeah. <laughs> you should call. <laughs> well, what I find hilarious to me uh, about this is that orange is plus 125. Because in my mind, the most popular Gatorade colors are red or green. Never lime. been red. Lemon lime. The right. lemon lime, yeah. yeah. Um, I gotta say, I'm a big fan of blue, too. Purple can kind of go fuck itself. I'll tell you what, if you haven't had if you haven't had Kiwi Strawberry Gatorade yet, you're missing out. Phenomenal. Um, I'm gonna go with water because I feel like if the Bucks win, Tom Brady won't allow all that sugar on the sideline due to the um, terms and uh, <laughs> agreements and limitations of the TB12 method. So I'm going yeah. with water. I'll give you a quick stat to back up your theory there, Ken. If you're going with the Bucks, so. Since 2001, the last 20 years, orange has five, clear water has four, no bath is four, yellow is three, blue is two, and purple is two. But small side note, the last time the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2002, it was purple. Interesting, huh. really. That would be plus 800 here. New yeah. regime. Non-purple regime came in. Who that probably choose, was right when they came chooses out. chooses the Gatorade color? That the teams have, the probably players. the trainers, the players. Well, like so they're the ones drinking it. Vote. It's not the, tr- the trainers. Like I like purple. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't care how thirsty you are. But I mean, what are you doing? Are you having like a quorum where you're like, who who's favorite Gatorade color? Well, yeah. I will. I'll say this: if you guys recall, several years ago when the Bengals were on uh, Hard Knocks, and Carson Palmer was talking about the trainer is making the Gatorade the way he likes it. And I believe he drank purple, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the players have all the input on that. Hence why I'm going with the clear because Tom Brady doesn't allow sugar within 50 yards of last point on the Gatorade, the last Patriots Super Bowl, it was blue. Mm. Seems Tom doesn't have a say, Kenny. That's certainly a possibility. (laughs) Certainly a possibility. By the way, I can break down this shit way easier than I can uh, about <laughs> X's and what, O's. What sort of coverage the Chiefs are going to be playing against? All right, so, I'm flip. I'm flipping back to player props. Is there a player on either team not passing touchdowns that will score two touchdowns, receiving or rushing? Ken. Oh, I'm going with uh, yes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire will get two touchdowns. Interesting. He's actually plus 1,300. That's why I'm picking him. Big bucks and whammies. Drew, what do you think? I'm taking the easy bet here. No, Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns. I was going to say that next. God, they have it. Yeah, he's at plus 250, so they think that's fairly likely. Pretty likely, I suppose. Clyde Edwards-Alaire only had, like, what, two touchdowns all year, but I feel like – this is one of those days he'll get a couple of touchdowns. He's going to get his. Mm-hmm. What's inter- a couple of the interesting odds here. Antonio Brown, plus 1,500. Hmm. Rob Gronkowski, plus 1,600. All right, a first offensive play from line of scrimmage. Is it a pass or a run? 
Ken. Pass. Drew. Pass. First offensive play from line of scrimmage, second half. Pass or run. Drew. Run. Ken. Oh, fuck. Run. (laughs) (laughs) That was a tough one for you? Well, I didn't want to have to agree with Drew on that, but I'm going with run. All right, flipping back to player props. Does anybody get three touchdowns or more? No. 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 Both no's? Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Kansas City Chiefs result of first drive can be punted, offensive touchdown, field goal attempt, turnover, which includes downs, or a safety. Ken. I'm going field. I'm going, okay, Ken. Sorry, go ahead, Ken. No, it's all right, Drew. You can go ahead. Uh, field goal attempt. Field goal punt. Plus 310. I'm going punt. Punts plus 120. I'll take it. Yeah. What about the the Bucs first drive? I'm going to go punt because Brady's shitty in the first half of Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. They they basically think this is going to happen because it's plus 100. Yeah. Drew, what do you think? Bucs first drive. Yeah, I got punt. What do we think about? Three touchdown passes and win. Could Mahomes or Brady do this? Oh, Mahomes, hundred percent. Yeah, I think both. Do that all good. day. Okay, I'll take. I'll go with Tommy because he's the goat. I hate that. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> oh, that's a fine. I hate it. Yeah. Ah. How about this? Goat. Total players to throw a touchdown pass, including overtime. The overs two and a half. The unders two and a half. Mm. This requires somebody other than Mahomes or Brady to throw a touchdown pass. You know what? Fuck game. it. I'm going over on that because I feel like Tyreek Hill will throw a touchdown pass or one of the quarterbacks will get hurt and the backup. Will somebody else will. So I'm going to go How much would you wager on this, Ken? Well, plus 1100. I'd wager like 10 bucks. <laughs> That's well, a great bet. If you win. Yeah. You know, it's not as great as game. You have to take that. You have to do that. I mean, why would you bet the under? It's there's you you'd have to spend like thousands of dollars to win like a (laughs) hundred. That's the ones you gotta that's the what you gotta go for is you gotta go for those ones that you could put like ten bucks on and win like four hundred bucks. Yeah. All right, Drew, you've been waiting for this all night. Fat man touchdown. Does an offensive lineman or defensive lineman score? Oh, well, I did a little research on this one. Eric Fisher scored a touchdown this year. But he's not playing. So, they're going to draw one up for the replacement. So, this is my long shot bet. It's a yes. It's a plus 2,000 offensive lineman. Yes, touchdown. Yeah. You know, you know Andy Reid has a two weeks off. He had basically two bye weeks before he played a playoff game. He's got some things drawn up in the sand. Yeah. That guy, offensive touchdown for the Chiefs. Love it. Yes. Ken. No. (laughs) Move on. (laughs) All right. We're moving into my favorite, the doink special, which is a field goal or extra point to hit the uprights or crossbar. Yes or no. Ken, give me your thoughts. I'm going uh, no on this. No. Drew. I'm going yes, only because I hate watching field goals and throwing 10 bucks on this uh, just to be 
extremely invested by the inches and millimeters of the football <laughs> every kick, I'm going yes. Oh, and wow. also remember Justin Ticker, Tucker hit two two doinks a couple weeks ago. He is he is a doink artist. Yeah, I'm going yes. We got a doink coming, and now I'm going to be super invested in all these. Well, all these field but goals. also that's one of those bets you put like ten bucks on, you win a lot of money on it. Uh, Thirty-seven dollars and five cents. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It all adds oh, up. If you, do a, if you do 50 of these, it'll all add up. If you bet a hundred bucks, <laughs> it's <laughs> interesting. I think. Yeah. What about 300 passing yards and a win? Mahomes or Brady? Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes. I, I, I actually, I don't think Tom Brady's going to throw for 300 yards, even if they win. What about outside of passing? When do you go about 50 plus rushing yards and a win? Yes. <sighs> I'm going to go no, because I don't think either quarterback's going to rush for 50 yards. What Mom's about got running a... backs? Oh, running backs. Yeah, Lenny Fournette. No. Do you think Tom Brady's going to rush for 50 yards? No. He's going to rush for that in the last 10 years combined. No. What about 100-plus receiving yards and win Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill? I'm going Kelsey. I'll go Kelsey on that. Yeah. I've got no. Is no an option? Yeah, no is an option. You don't choose either. Here's here's my favorite, personally my favorite bet on the game. Plus 1,700. Will either team successfully recover an onside kick? No. Drew? Yeah, that's no. No, dog. No? I kind of like this bet. That's one of those bets, I would, I I one I would bets, put yeah. 100 bucks on it. Just yeah. To put a hundred bucks on it. Well, it's probably going to be a close game, so there's a good chance it might happen. You never know. Yeah. What do you guys think? What do you guys think most possible? Recovering an onside kick, a fat guy touchdown, or a doink? A doink. A doink. It's going to be more field goal attempts than anything else. And in a big game like this, why would you put the ball in your hand in the hands of somebody who normally doesn't handle the ball? That's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. Huge risk. Here's another good one. Opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Yes is plus 5,000. Yes or no? That's my, that's, this is my, if I was a billionaire, I would drop 5,000 just to come away with a hundred bucks and pay for my. You want to know what's funny? They don't even offer the bet on the no. (laughs) On DraftKings, at least. What about opening kickoff to result in a touchback? Yes or no? (laughs) Yes. No. I'm going to go no. <laughs> All right. We got a disagreement here. How about any quarterback to record 500 or more total passing yards, including overtime? So it's basically will Mahomes throw for 500 yards, not against the box defense? No. No. I'm yeah. going with no. It's plus 1,600 on yes, negative 10,000 on no. Here's <laughs> billionaire bet. All right. Final play of the game. Is it a quarterback kneel? I'm going to go no. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going no. I think it's going to be really close. No's plus plus 159. No. Okay, Drew? It can still be close and be a QB kneel. So I'm going yes. Here's the prop we've all been waiting for. Why haven't we talked about the Pro Bowl yet? We're we're fucking getting there, man. Because nobody cares. to get through. Nobody. The players don't even care. Yeah, we're dealing with novelty props, national anthem, (laughs) <laughs> Does any scoring drive take less time than the scene of the national anthem? Ken. Yes. Emphatic yes. with authority. Yes. Drew. 
Yes. I will. I, I will. I will ask you, what's the over under of the national anthem? Oh, there is not at least on DraftKings. That usually I it's what? about, usually it's about two twelve. It's around I'm in Googling. that neighborhood, that neighborhood. But that's also that's also a fucking shitty bet because you could if somebody watched the rehearsal, they're going to get an idea of how long it's going to be and bet the house on it. Mm-hmm. It's one it's one minute and fifty nine seconds. Oh, I mean, who's not taking yes? Who's singing it? Uh, I mean, taking no. Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Kirch. Oh, can't wait. Oh, it's any scoring drive to take less time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I th- I think so. The Chiefs could score in like two plays, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would take I would take yes, even if it was just fifty nine seconds. That's a that's yeah. That's a that's a eighty yard Tyree kill touchdown. Here's an interesting question. Then what's the what's the cutoff for you? Where's the bet where you're not taking it? Thirty seconds. I wouldn't take like forty five seconds. Okay, Ken. There'd be big money on a 30 seconds and under. So I would say yes. Like I said, they could score. Chiefs can score in one play from anywhere on the field. That's a scoring drive. I'm gonna, I'd say 30. I'd go, okay. I'd go, I'd take the under on that. Okay. Time that the final play of the game is completed 10 14 p.m. Eastern time or earlier, which is 7 14 or earlier on the Pacific Coast or 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.15 p.m. PDT or later. What do you think? I think the over. problem, I'd take the over, but the problem is what if it ends at like 10.14 p.m. in 30 seconds? You're like, then right it's, then two. it's, then you, the push. you get the it's earlier the one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I should say I got rid of the 10 for 14 you know, 10 colon, 14 colon, 59 oh. seconds. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, or earlier. I, I'm going later on that. I think so, too. I've, a lot I've of commercials. Worked, I worked yeah. in TV too long to realize how long yes. freaking yep. games last. Yeah. Yep. Especially Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. Total players to make a reception, including overtime, over 15 and a half or under 15 and a half? I'm going over. Over. Like it. All right. If you had to assemble out of these prop bets we've just discussed some sort of favorite three bet parlay, what is it, Drew? Oh, God. You're putting me on the spot. Okay. Um, I'm going Orange Gatorade. Yeah. A doink. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the parlay on this is going to, the payout's going to be phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. And, um, I'm going just to just to lower my odds of being correct. I'm going no onside kick recovery. Okay. I'm going Gatorade Gatorade dump. Yeah. I'm going total players to throw a touchdown pass. Wait, wait, wait. Gatorade dump. What are you? What you bet? Orange. I bet clear. No, clear. No sugar. No sugar. Okay. No yeah, su- yeah, yeah. TB12. So no clear sugar. Water Gatorade dump. Okay. I'd go uh, over on the total players to throw a touchdown pass. Okay. And I would go. Um, Total players to make a reception over. Okay. You know what I'm going to put 100 bucks on? That somebody successfully recovers an onside As kick. As I kick, yeah. Okay. Yes, because it's plus 1,700. Hey, I will fly up to Vashon if you win that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I will fly thing. to Vashon if I win that bet. Mark is extremely <laughs> lucky at gambling. Oh. And you should know that. 
by the way. won like $60,000 at my bachelor party playing high stakes Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Oh, geez. That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. It was. It was actually pretty remarkable. And I have to say, I was, I was so drunk. I remember I called my dad at like three in the morning. I'm like, I just won $70,000. <laughs> well, they say what you got to do is just go up to the counter and cash it out like 10 grand at a time because they yeah. can't take anything after that. Ah, wish I would have known that. Yeah. Sage advice. Let's move on to all fantasy everything. Woo! What is all fantasy everything? First, let me tell you what it's not. Not fantasy football advice. You can get that from Pat Fitzmorris and Nathan Yonke, Nathan Wonke, and the <laughs> other billion fantasy podcasts available on the internet. And most times it won't even be football related. It isn't today. But we do draft stuff, people, places, things, foods. It's all fantasy everything. And this week's draft is inspired by the big game. So we'll be drafting our favorite Super Bowl snacks which is always the highlight of every Super Bowl Sunday. Always. Draft order, determined randomly. This week, Ken has the top pick, followed by Drew and myself, picks two and three, respectively. Three rounds total. Ken, you look like a guy who's prepared to overreach for carrots and celery. Where are you going with the top pick? (laughs) (laughs) You're taking the veggie platter, aren't you, Ken? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Someone always brings a veggie platter. Somebody, somebody always had a last so, minute stop at safe. Party fell. Party fell. Party fell number two besides spilling well, a drink. We've got a good friend that makes that party foul every Super Bowl Sunday. Every, <laughs> every, every, every gathering, whether it's Super Bowl Sunday or not. I'm going to go with wings, number one. Gotta be uh, wings. Medium to hot. Like it. Like those, what I don't like are people who think like triple X death hot sauce wings are good. It's like, well, who, why would you eat that? Like, what are you trying to prove? They're not, yeah. they're not good, but hot is good. I, hot the is thing good. That makes me feel crazy is when I eat a wing, it doesn't have any kick. Any yeah, at all. Ex- where it's just heat. All you take, there's no flavor. I'm going with Luckily, medium on wings. All right. Whew. I was hoping you wouldn't go wings, but luckily in my mock draft, I had you taking wings number one overall. Um, <laughs> so I'm going nachos. Yeah, nachos is a solid pick. pick. Are we snake right. drafting this, Mark, or are we just go in order? Always. Snake. Always a snake. This is tough, but I think I have to take with number three, Drew's going to be mad. Queso. Fuck! Oh, how did you not take that first, <laughs> Drew? It's your fucking shit. Followed was, by like, the combo to queso. I'm taking chili. Ooh, oh, okay. Good one. So I was confused. I was conflicted. I was hoping wings would fall to me so I could take queso because I was a little concerned about taking nachos and queso. It's like a yeah. little bit of a dip there, no pun intended. Um, but I was hoping queso would slide to me. Oh, so you could always dip carrots and celery in queso. It's too good. I fucking love queso. It's uh, too yeah. good. I've got the Ken knows. Ken, hold, vouch for my queso. I can. Yeah, I can. It's pretty good. I gave Come you the on, American dude. cheese idea, though. You I got that from me. Wait, 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 wait. Do you use American cheese, not Velveeta? What do you from use? The deli, from the deli counter. No Velveeta. No. Drew, what is the queso secret for you, cheese-wise? Oh, the, the secret is actually cream cheese melted. Yeah. Oh, dude, you got all this from me. Of course me. it is. I gave you that. Uh, I did jalapeno, not get any. 
jalapeno like any, cream but cheese. But are you using Velveeta or Kraft? I use Velveeta. Okay. I use American cheese from the deli counter. So I get it sliced thick and then cube it up. I can't give any more out of my recipe because my backup plan in my career is to open uh, just in queso. <laughs> fried ball with fried balls of chicken parm on yeah. the side. I love it. All right. All Do right. I go I'm now? Go, oh, Drew goes. I'm going to go with a bit of a, a weird one here, um, but I enjoy them. I'm going pigs in a blanket. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I feel going, like that hey. would be a uh, a bit of a reach for a lot of. I'm I'm not mad at this at all. I love pigs in blanket. Hey, but I Yo, feel I'm trying like to, it is a here, very specific region of the United States that is eating. I do agree, but what what I'm doing here is actually trying to diversify my spread because I think when we when we analyze these picks at the end, yeah, it needs to be like which Super Bowl spread do you want? Yeah, so totally with nachos first pick pigs in a blanket with number two just if you want to mix it up a little bit love it well i i can't believe that this this item fell right in my lap i'm going back to my roots pizza come on it's it's almost too easy though. it's too easy the thing about it for the super bowl is that it is it is the perennial football food it almost feels like the guy that brings pizza to the super bowl party is the laziest Laziest. person there yeah it's true yeah. But still, I want to eat it. I'm still going to eat it. Yeah, nobody's ever mad at pizza. No, they're not. Yeah. All right. Pizza, but, but, but get I, agree. I sort of agree with Drew. I think when we look, if it's just pizza and wings, I don't know, maybe most of America will agree with you, frankly. I think the vast majority <laughs> of Americans would. Yeah. Drew, or no, Ken, you're actually a snake draft. What's your second pick? Oh, my second pick? I'm going to go with sliders mm-hmm. of any kind. Of any kind. And I'm so glad you took sliders because I <laughs> I get that sliders are popular. I don't know. For some reason, sliders don't really do it for me during the Super Bowl. Eh. I don't know why. When I, when I eat a burger, I want like a full burger. I don't want two bites of a burger. Um, yeah, but with everything else, you get a little of everything. You got wings are hot and meaty. You got pizza. You get your cheese fix and sauce. I don't want a burger and pizza. Why not? Well, it's like, well, because it's sort of like carbs on carbs. So it's a Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? You eat it like a once a year. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but hot dogs, they're fucking phenomenal for you there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> mini, mini fucking weens. All right, Go on. My last, Who's next? My last pick, my last pick to uh, finish my platter is, um, and these have to be done right. I'm going potato skins. Mm-hmm. Weak. Weak. No. Weak. Oh, Weak. Potato skins. Potato skins? Oh. You get cheese, potato with cheese on the top. So what? You already got nachos. What do you need more cheese for? Everything in here has oh, cheese. Taters. Ah, oh, no. Nobody ever makes potato skins right anyway. They always come out like they're hard on the bottom. You can't bite yeah. through them. They're crusty. Yeah. Draft is the elite level of everything. <laughs> okay. we're, not about, like, we're not talking about Papa Murphy's pizza here. Whatever. You go to Papa Murphy's. So here comes my pick for the win because it <laughs> plays into both of my previous picks. I'm taking pulled brisket, put it on the queso, 
Put it in the chili. Game mm. over. Hey, I got to say something, and this is going to offend some people. Not Maybe not Ken, though. Brisket is the most overrated meat there is. Agreed. Like, people yes. wait Agreed. in line, $30. It just make it tastes like fat. Tastes like fat, and it costs thirty dollars. Yeah, I agree with you. Pulled pork is the best meat you can have. Turkey, turkey, barbecue Tur- turkey is amazing. A, we'll give you this at a barbecue restaurant. At a barbecue restaurant, turkey is the best best meat. Smoked turkey is the best menu at a, menu item at a barbecue restaurant. Or sausage. <laughs> you guys have had my pulled pork, and you can have this convo till then. Although I will <laughs> tell you, my 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 smoked turkey breast. Mind-boggling. I look forward to it at the big Vashon Spectacular at next year's Super Bowl for next year. Yeah, when we're doing it in person, right? Radio. At, you know, <laughs> so who wins? Well, I let's win. so let's 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 have a vote about this then. Ken has wings, pizza, and sliders. Drew has nachos, pigs in a blanket. Potatoes. Oh God, pigs in a blanket. Chill. I have queso <laughs> chili and brisket. I think Ken wins, to be honest with you. Oh, Ken so thinks we, Ken wins? Ken, Ken goes. Ken votes <laughs> for Ken. <laughs> Ken votes for Ken. Big that's the place I want to go. That's the, the spread Drew, that I want to go. What, what are you eating? I think I made the best value picks, but I'm voting for whoever has queso. <laughs> Which means me. Cheese ball. <laughs> Ken, you know what's the amazing thing about Ken voting for Ken? Is that Mark can vote for Mark, and I <laughs> vote for Mark, and you fucking lose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Mark. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Good job. Well, now that we've drafted our smorgasbords, let's get some pro tips on prepping game day food during a very special segment of getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Our next guest is no stranger to comfort food. Brian Cookie Chandler is the owner and operator of Cookie's Country Chicken, a sizzling hot new fried chicken joint that the Seattle Times has called irresistible. Welcome to the show, Cookie. What's going on, gang? Really excited to be here. Thanks, man. So your journey to the chicken throne has been kind of a long one. Obviously, Drew and I have known you for years. I remember when you were slaying cell phones in the mall at Bellingham, You've been an Alaskan fisherman. You've worked the oil fields of Louisiana. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you found your way to, to, to being an irresistible chicken pop-up in Seattle. Um, the, the story is one, I call it, it's, it started in boat purgatory. When I got a job in South Louisiana in the oil fields as a chief steward, um, I came on the boat pretty pretty green to cooking on a boat and i was then like given the role of having to feed 80 southern dudes three meals a day and it yeah it was uh it was a challenge that i like just couldn't get enough of i i loved it and it was very difficult and very stressful and very like unrewarding for a long time but i just kind of the this the story really goes like this the first sunday company mandate was fried chicken on sunday for the crew um company-wide and my first attempt at frying chicken for these guys was a complete disaster i had my like (laughs) frying oil up way too hot 
So basically all my chicken was burning and then it wasn't cooking fully on the inside. So what ended up happening was a bunch of burnt raw chicken went out to these dudes <laughs> who in front of me took all the food that I had made for that Sunday uh, lunch and threw it away. And uh, that was week one of this. Wow. This what ultimately was like a two, two year journey. But I just stuck with it and I really, I just cared so much about trying to win these people over and also really fell in love with the food and the culture behind, and the stories behind the food. And for me to sort of get better at my craft, it involved sort of surrendering my ego and like listening to these people and accepting that like Paula Dean actually has some fucking tricks up her sleeve. And mm -hmm. when I started sort of turning the page and and you know i mean you had three opportunities every day to to wow these guys over um pretty soon it was like dang cookie this chicken's better the best chicken we've had out here and then it was like dang cookie this is better chicken than we get back home and then like pretty soon legitimately these guys were saying like damn cookie this is the best chicken we've ever had wow. and so when i started to hear that consistently i realized like these aren't guys that are like giving you compliments to to add you or anything like that this is pretty genuine stuff and that's when i was like okay you know what like i think i really found my passion and my calling and it was frying chicken and so we started we did our first pop-up a little over a year ago in the city um we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of like our big sort of like you know city recognized pop-up it was on valentine's day at a cool donut shop in white center mm -hmm. um and so now we're, you know, we're five days a week service, moving about 2,000 pounds of chicken. I got five employees and it's just a nonstop grind. And we're constantly trying to figure out a way to engage with the community that we feed and support um, and, you know, sort of rethink the way that we do business in a, in a pandemic with food and hospitality and sort of, you know, we're we're a part of a group of people that are rewriting the the restaurant scene in the city. And it feels really cool to be um, engaged with so many other chefs and restaurateurs and, and people that are, that have a passion. And, and there is a lot of optimism and a lot of success stories right now. Like it's not prevalent, but there are people that have found their niche and, and we consider ourselves kind of one of those groups. That's awesome. It is crazy that you started all of this during a pandemic. It seems like a bad idea on paper, but you've really, you've really <laughs> crushed it. I mean, you have quite the following now. Yeah. I mean, we like at the core of who we are, it's um, how do we feed the family for $50? How do we, you know, how do we take the ego out of food? You know, how do we kind of strip it all down and and also, how do we rethink like the way numbers should flow? I mean, for me, I, I you know, I, when I used to do the uh, the Underground Supper Club in Los Angeles, which was a ton of fun and, and making fancy food for people was was neat. But, you know, if I was making food for myself, it, it was fried chicken. It was comfort food. To me, that's the stuff that tastes the best and is the most satisfying at the at the end of a meal. Why don't you give us some stuff to eat on the Super Bowl? That's the whole reason we had you here. All right, team. Super Bowl is the greatest time of year for fun food ideas and techniques. And I'm <laughs> going to share with you today a couple of my favorite fast, fun, and friendly techniques to win over your Super Bowl crowd. <laughs> okay. 
Paulo really has rubbed off on you, Brian. <laughs> so here's the here's the two things that I cared the most about when it when it comes to like game day food. Okay. Nachos and chicken wing. That mm-hmm. is like the whole that's where that's it. That's like that's all you need. They're they're complete meals. Um but I think like I think a lot of people are intimidated by chicken wings. Oh, how do I get them? You know, how do I find? How do I go right? Blah, 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 blah. A really cool way to do chicken wings in a foolproof way to where you can have pub style chicken wings in the comfort of your own home is this is this is the rundown. This is the breakdown. Hear me out. Get you. Go to your local grocer and get whole chicken wings. Split them down the middle. Cut the tip. Cut the cut the bird t- the 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 tip off. So you have your split wings. You have your flats and your drums. Okay. Get a whole mess of those suckers. Salt and pepper on a sheet pan into the oven the day before. Bake them for about fifteen minutes at three hundred and fifty degrees. If you have a meat thermometer, all they do is need to register to around 160, 165, okay? Now they're cooked. Now, if you want to take, now that they're already cooked and ready to rock, all you got to do is get a pot and put some oil in it, okay? This is where you get your crisp. Heat up your oil. Hopefully, don't do this if you don't have a meat thermometer. That's, That's it. Get your oil up to 350. Throw those wings in there for the crisp factor, okay? This is how most bars and pubs do them. So you get your oil up to 350 and throw those suckers in there for crisp. And then with, with a bowl, get you a sauce, whether it's Frank's hot sauce, whether it's a, and find your favorite ones, a teriyaki sesame glaze, ranch powder, and, and like butter is also a real fun one. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something you can prepare the day before too? So bake them the day before, put them in the fridge, fry them right before the game. Exactly. Awesome. So what about nachos? We know, we, we know you're a nacho master as well. When you are making nachos for a big group of people, you can't just make a mound of shit and throw it in the oven and then cook it and expect it to come out perfect, okay? The simple key to making good nachos where everyone can enjoy a well-balanced nacho plate is building it in layers, okay? Layer. So layer of chips down on your sheet pan, broiler on low, veggies, beans, meat, and then the cheese on top. The cheese kind of layers it down, kind of pushes it all down. Then pull it out, do it again. Chips. Veggies, meat, beans, tomatoes, cebollas, and espanol that's onion. Okay. <laughs> Cheese on top. Put it back in the broiler. I like to do three layers. Three layers. I love that's it. good shit. Yeah, this is great advice. Anything special you recommend putting on them or any way to prepare the meat? Chorizo. Chorizo, like good, not like the shitty um like pig fat tube, like the 99 cent tube you get at Walmart. But if you can get some good chorizo and cook that off with like your onions and your beans and kind of make a cheesy onion or not a cheesy onion, but a chorizo onion bean sort of medley, that kind of helps 
I think I think just just getting your spice in on, on something like that is is really nice. Ken loves a good medley. Andy lives in Austin, Texas, so he can find some uh, chorizo. Chorizo is muy importante para la nachos. I have a question for you. What's your uh, what's your Super Bowl prediction? I think the Chiefs are going to go back to back, baby. Yeah. I think. I mean, I I'm kind of at this point though. Like, I never thought that I'd root for Tom Brady or Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of like, hmm, it'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool yeah. if he did it. It'd kind of be a big dick flex on New England. Like, as a Seattle fan, we all kind of hate New England, but. You know, like you kind of got to give it up, TB, dude. He's like he's pretty unhated. Like he's hard to hate at this point in his life. Like he he's on some like age-defying serums for sure. He definitely <laughs> is like getting blood transfusions from like underage Thai children or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, the only thing Tom Brady hasn't done is ever eaten Cookies. fried chicken. Yeah, he's not eating much cookies, probably, but you can. Uh, Brian, tell them where they can come visit you if they're if, if anybody's in Seattle to have some of your sweet fixins. So if you are in the Pioneer Square area, we are at 121 South King Street at the Quality Athletics. We're not hard to find. Google Cookies Country Chicken. Follow us on Instagram for all your up-to-date chicken memory and fried chicken content. I love it. It's all the best things. Well, thanks again so much for coming on the show and uh, we'll we'll look forward to having you back soon. I can't wait to see you guys in uh, Go Hawks. Go Hawks. You know what that sound means? It's time for our and in honor of Super Bowl snacks and our Sando Sleen guest cookie, today we're going to create our own hypothetical signature sandwiches whether it be a dirty Drew or a sloppy Ken. Full blown. Build me your master man, which Drew. All right. So this is specific to me. I know uh, at least one of you is going to, actually probably both of you is going to hate this. So here's what I'm going. This is a toasted Sandy, by the way. Sourdough, toasted, spicy mayo, Mm -hmm. a lightly breaded chicken breast. Lightly breaded. Bacon. We're going on the other side of the spicy mayo. We're going uh, some basil pesto. Wait, so spicy mayo's on the bottom. Yes. So we're building bottom top. Yeah. Okay. Melted pepper jack cheese and some lettuce. Mm, sounds amazing. That's my sandwich. Yeah. What do you call it's it? Called the, it's called the chicken cordon drew. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's a good one. Ken. Nice. Well, mine's not as traditional as the chicken cordon drew, but my sandwich is a slice of pizza, a full chicken parm breast covered by another slice of pizza. Done. <laughs> you like a little pizza with your pizza. Damn right. What, what are you calling this? The, the Don sandwich. The Don. Yeah. Like, you know. Like the Godfather, the Don. Yeah, I love it. There you go. All right, I'm doing brioche bun. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm making this up as I go right now, by the way. I'm doing saffron aioli, the bottom, that bun. I'm doing one of Cookie's signature fried chicken patties. Um, 
apple fennel slaw. I think that's it. I don't even think I need fucking cheese. Any any vinegar in that slaw, or is there mayo in that slaw? Oh, there's definitely vinegar. I would put a hog sauce on it, which is sort of my hot sauce vinegar brew. And I'm calling it a uh, Marco de Pollo. There you go. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. If you've got a draft topic for our all fantasy everything segment or a question you'd like us to consider for future grab bags, please email fullblowncoverage at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at fullblowncvg. Drew, Ken. Closing comments before we sign off. You never asked me about the Pro Bowl that happened on Sunday. And well, we never made our and we never made our game picks. <laughs> we haven't picked who's gonna win the Super Bowl. So here's the thing. We can't end this podcast. <laughs> we have very important things to talk about. Let's start with the uh, virtual Pro Bowl, right? Oh guys, it was phenomenal. It's the first Pro Bowl I've watched ever, I think. Yeah. I think I remember watching one when I was like 12 years old. But it's probably the first Pro Bowl I've watched in 25 years. Uh, if you don't know, it was Deshaun Watson, Keyshawn Johnson, Snoop Dogg, and Derrick Henry against Kyler Murray, Bubba Wallace, Jamal Adams, and Marshawn Lynch. Uh, <laughs> who do you guys think won between those two teams? Whoever Jamal and Marshawn was on the West. What do you think, Ken? Where are the teams again? Okay. Deshaun Watson, Keyshawn Johnson. Who was playing quarterback in the – this is playing Madden, right, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who was playing quarterback in these games? Well, Patrick Mahomes was playing for the AFC, and then since Kyler Murray was a player, he put himself in uh, for the NFC. And what were the other players playing, just receivers and running backs or something? Oh, no. So they switched off quarters. So there's four players on each team. They each played a quarter. And then they handed it to the next guy. Oh, oh! so this is interesting then. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, who was playing who? Okay. First quarter was Deshaun Watson versus Kyler Murray. Second quarter was Deshaun Johnson versus Bubba Wallace. (laughs) Uh, Third quarter was Derrick Henry versus Jamal Adams. And the best for last, Snoop Dogg versus Marshawn Lynch. Ah. Who cares about anything except for the fourth quarter? Yeah, exactly. I'm going with whatever team Snoop Dogg was on. No way. Fucking opposite of that. It's Marshawn. 100%. Marshawn's team won. So, drum roll. Um, The NFC, Kyler Murray, Bubba Wallace, and Jamal Adams, and Marshawn Lynch won 32-12. to 12. Oh, wow. Blowout city. Wow. Uh, it was actually hilarious. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Marshawn were easily the stars of the show. I mentioned Neil earlier when uh, Ken said something about cheap Neil. It <laughs> was horrible to the point where there was like three minutes left in the quarter and his whole team was trying to get him to just take a knee on offense instead of turn the ball over again. So <laughs> Snoop Dogg just started ra- naming random people named Neil. he's he's Keyshawn's choosing a play and he's like Neil Diamond Neil O'Donnell (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marshawn Lynch was 
drinking straight out of a bottle of something that was covered by a a black um, bag. Amazing. <laughs> he also completely dominated the fourth quarter against Snoop Dogg, which I thought was not going to happen. And made he made an interception with Jamal Adams and broke his chair. The chair <laughs> broke. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the special teams was horrible. Um, four extra – there was four extra mi- – four missed extra points. So I don't know how much Madden they'd have been playing, but it was hilarious. What do you think? Should should this be the future of Pro Bowls? Why yes. even hold one? Fantastic. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Right. All right. Well, I'm let's sure. get into uh, our actual picks here, guys. Chiefs are minus three and a half. Over, under – it's 56. Ken, where are you going? All right. Well, let me just uh, throw something out there for you guys. In the last three games, okay, in the playoffs, the Bucks have allowed 86, 104, and 67 rushing yards. So Washington, whatever. You know, Anto- Antonio Gibson's not bad. But they held Alvin Kamara and the Saints to 104 yards, and they usually have a pretty good rushing attack. And they only held the Packers to 67. Now, granted, Aaron Jones was out. I think the difference in this game is going to be the, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense um, being able to push back on the Chiefs' mm-hmm. offense more than the Chiefs' defense will be able to do with the Bucks' offense. I just don't see the Chiefs being able to cover these guys I think Brady having lost to them before is actually a motivating factor to some degree because to him, it's a challenge to figure out how to beat him this time. Um, and again, as I've said before in this show, never bet against Tom Brady. I think the Chief, I think the, uh, sorry, the Bucks are going to win by a touchdown. Wow. I was going to say, I also think that the under is going to come in. I just don't think it's going to be as high scoring a game as everybody thinks. All the money is going to go on the over in this game. That's why I would take the under. I think it's going to be like, you know, maybe like, uh, maybe like 31, 31, 24 around there. I think it'll just get, just make the under. Interesting. All right. I got some golden nugs, golden nuggets. That's what I call my gambling nugs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The Chiefs were 8 and 10 versus the spread this year, which isn't very good. But they were 5 and 0 when the spread was 3 and a half or less, which makes me think they didn't cover often when they were heavily favored. They won more close games than people thought. When the game is close, they sent, when the spread is close, they seem to cover. Um, on that line, Mahomes in his career is 27, 13 and 1 versus the spread when he's not a double digit favorite. Uh, Mahomes has the fourth highest cover percentage in the Super Bowl era. And to Ken's point, in Tom Brady, Tom Brady since 2015, games with more than 50 points is the over-under. The under is 22-9. and So I think people are overrating Tom Brady's name for what actually happens. We've said this before. He wills his defense on. He wills all his teammates mm-hmm. on, but he's not – up 500 yards and five touchdowns. It's not what he does. So, with those golden nugs, I'm going Chiefs to cover and the under. 
Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw something out there to your point, Drew. There have been six teams that went 15-1 in, in NFL history uh, that reached the Super Bowl. 84 Niners won the Super Bowl, and the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl, and the last four have not. I don't know if that's going to be a factor in the game, but it always seems like teams that go 15-1, you always always lose. Um, but I just think the Bucks right now are a better team. Interesting. Shall. Would you Shall. like to know what I think? Absolutely. <laughs> I am going to, for the sake of this podcast, go Bucks plus three and a half over 56. Oh! Find <laughs> both of you. That makes me happy because I can both shove it up your guys. Okay, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Um, oh, and by the way, I just wanted to correct myself. Six teams have gone 15 and one in NFL history. Uh, the first two that did won the Super Bowl, and the last four didn't. Um, only the Carolina Panthers made it and the Chiefs this year. Full blown all stat. right, that's all we've got for our super special Super Bowl spectacular. Spectacular. But tune in next week for more full blown coverage.